when nature fights back. Buy it on DVD June 14th, 2005. Available wherever DVDs are sold. Kyle Williams, Matthew Linovez. Thought taking the new post of the sheriff in the sleepy town of Bywater would be exactly the change of pace he needed. But the peaceful town is not what it seems. Based on a Marvel comic book, Man-Thing. Available in widescreen. 2004 Screenland, Fairfax, Gambit and Company. CKG, all rights reserved, www.lgf.com. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. It is the future, mysteriously spreading across an unsuspecting city. Machines trained to serve humans are turning against them. Random banter of TriStar Pictures. Random banter time, buddy! Talk to me, tell me tall tales of tantalizing tidbits of trivia today! It's gotta be a Terminator movie? No. Oh, really? But it does have a ki- some killer robots. Yeah, uh, I don't know what. What have I been substituting? Where have I been removing? Runaways. Yeah, uh huh. I'm gonna give you a hint. Magnum P.I. and the lead singer off of Kiss made a movie together in like 1984. <laughs> it had a young Kirstie Alley as a femme fatale who fatalled. Man. It had little hexapod robots. Man. Run away! Man, I, I've never seen it, and that just sounds horrible. I <laughs> loved that movie back in the day, and I don't think it's very good. But yeah, it had it had little hexapod robots that went, <laughs> and they had little syringes on them that were filled with acid, and they'd spray acid and shoot acid. Tom Selleck was a you know like the best cop on the force at fighting robots. So he had little chainmail armor stuff, and he fought robots with a little laser pistol and stuff, and he fought 1980. Four boxy, 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 boxy domestic domestic robots that would be like, it's a dishwasher, but also it has a knife. I love that movie. And then, and then, <laughs> then Gene Simmons had a pistol that shot heat-seeking bullets. I recently rewatched the trailer for it, and I'm like, wow, this is horrible. But it was a movie I loved in my youth. Runaway. I, I'm just gonna go ahead and stick with the movies that I know and love that have somebody who you don't think of as an action star paired with a rock singer that shouldn't be acting in movies. I'm just going to go ahead and stick with Free Jack. Okay, Free Jack was a great movie, too. I love that. It's not good. I love that. I recently rewatched it. It's not good. I I liked it back in the day. I would watch it. It's like, oh, this is bad. (laughs) I've seen Free Jack a bunch, baby. I loved that. And I thought that Mick Jagger did an excellent job as somebody who definitely showed up for a paycheck. Oh, he definitely, he gave his lines with as much charisma as a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. That was a right. fun film, too, though. But why so, might I have picked the 1980 blah, blah, blah uh, film Runaway as a random banter? Uh, well, because you mentioned that there's some robots in there, and we got robots in yep. here. We got robots we in here. Do. We got the, the right. robot. The robot in here. Mm-hmm. Mm. But... You're asking me about random banter, and I just have to say, yeah, I got back about a week ago from my nine-day trip to Maui, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I, I think I posted some pictures on our Twitter account of me posting out our last episode, or, or the episode that yeah. at the time was the last episode I posted out, sitting right there on the beach and just loving every minute of it. I, I got myself a nice little tan. I am tanned. Did you get the Hawaii sunburn? I got no sunburn. Hey. I, I got nice and tan. I got nice, nice and tan. It's kind of hard to see now. I mean, the, the Oregon weather has already started to pale me back yep. up. But The Oregon bleach that we have yeah. in the air. 
my wife was just always slathering on the good old sunscreen and reef safe, reef safe S- sunscreen, yeah. reef safe sunscreen. Nice, very good, very good. Yeah, SPF SPF safe. fifty. <laughs> No, it was it was quite enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. No real comic related thing out there. I did download the entire most recent Avengers run. So I was reading that a lot while I was on vacation, but I was kind of like, I'm not doing much. I didn't even make it over to the comic book store over in Hawaii. I thought it'd be kind of cool to go over there, but I ne- never got a chance. So Yeah, I know 808 comic book fan was saying, oh, here's the, the stores to go to while you're out yeah. there. And- we just, I, I never found myself over in that part of the island it's kind of right in the dead center and i was always passing through i passed through there about three or four times but i never found myself in an area or a time when i could just stop over there so you gotta pick your battles it's either it's my tie or comic book o'clock and i think my ties, my were, ties winning. were winning not as many as i wanted because the nearest bar which i could walk to the my ties were like 20 bucks a pop <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't they were good but they were not 20 bucks good <laughs> but they're not yeah there's good and then not that <laughs> There's good. good. Yeah, it I is fully a believe very that. good, good Mai Tai, but I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to spend many 20 bucks on the Mai Tais. One a day was good yeah. for me there. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, that that's, that's what I have. I could go on and on and on and talk about Maui. So tell me about any kind of random banter for you, man. Oh, well, I don't like to brag, but while you were languishing in Maui doing all of your hard podcasting chores and Mai Tai drinking, I, on the other hand, was luxuriating in having just some cold that won't go away. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I've just been sick with a cold. It's a a great cold because it's lasting longer than some people's COVID that I know that have been getting... that. COVID's close enough now that it's hitting like first tier people that I know. And it's just like, oh, that family's got COVID and that family that I know has COVID. Well, they seem to be going out skiing now and I feel like garbage. That's wonderful. Thank you, world, for for this break. You know, I think that would cure it is is, uh, Mai Tais. Mm. You know, actually, I have been sick and gone to Hawaii before and within a day, just with all the fresh air and sunlight and everything, clears everything right up. It's really nice. Yeah. 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 You should look into that. That is a thought. I love Hawaii. It's been a couple of years since I've been, so I'd love to go back. Take the family. Go get that snorkel. Mm, no, no, I didn't say take the family. I just said you oh, should go to Hawaii. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm liking the sound of this even better. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to the store for cigarettes. I'll be back in two weeks. Okay, Jeff, bye. Wait a minute. <laughs> he doesn't smoke. Yeah, <laughs> and it shouldn't take him two weeks. Oh, no, she's going to be totally stuck on the smoking thing. She'll blown right yeah. by the two weeks. Yeah, when I come back and, uh, yeah, my cover will be like, well, I, I picked up smoking and then I, I, I had to break myself of it before I came back home. I picked up smoking. I didn't want Aurora to get any of the secondhand smoke. None of the secondhand. So I, was I to decided to, you know, break the habit and really clear myself out by going yep. to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. You've changed the lock. Why is all my stuff out in the front yard? <laughs> and why hasn't anybody taken it? Yeah, so, hey, so weird. That's, <laughs> that's a great old t-shirt and jeans with holes in them. <laughs> so while we're talking about Jeff running away, let's talk about a comic book that we run away from mm-hmm. as well. Well, we don't run away. They run away. Let's talk about a comic book. <laughs> let's do that. And the only way we can do that is if you give us a two cents, Jeff, two sentences, short two sentences. Replay from last episode. Vic is a prisoner of convenience and gets taken to the runaway's secret lair, which Chase tells him all about, so that they can do a clip show of classic Marvel villains to find out who his dreadful dad might turn out to be. In the meantime, this dreadful dad has shown up to his house and kidnapped his mom, and Vic finds this out when he gets tired of being a prisoner of convenience, turns the tables on his... mm, helpful? Hmm, mean? Uh, inept kidnappers, gets his phone and calls his mom to tell her that he is alright, except to find out that the person on the other end of the phone is his dreadful dad. A dreadful dad that goes by the name of Doom. Dr. Doom. Now that the Vic carries around a copy of Rick Jones's book Sidekick, and I seriously want to read it, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? Well, Jeff, I am going to be more than happy to give you a beer. I give you a beer by dropping them off at your house, you put them in your refrigerator, and you don't look at them until it's time to do our little bit here. 
So this we're gonna is do, true. We're going to do our little bit here. You've got a little paper bag with the beer in it, and I'm going to ask you to reach in and pull out the beer and take a look at today's surprise. Let's see what we have in today's outing. Oh, it's from Ohm Gang Brewery from Copperstown, New York. Neon Rainbows Hazy IPA. <laughs> that is a nice iridescent harlequin type of diamond patterns on this can. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. It's a New England style IPA. It's enchanting, vibrant, effervescent. This full spectrum beer is our unicorn, alluring, hazy, and irresistibly juicy. It's unfiltered, double dry hopped, and gone too soon. 6.7 ABV and a 45 IBU. And Jeff, neon mm -hmm. rainbows. Yes, that's plural. Yeah, that would be because of our favorite gal, Julie, who has a rainbow trail behind her, and our newish-to-me alien rainbow light energy woman named Carolina, who has a neon rainbow as well, we will say. So <laughs> there's double rainbows. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, neither Carolina nor Julie is really that much in this book. Everybody seems to be kind of in here for the most yeah, part, this yeah. issue. Yeah, but but I still wanted to... I, I've had this for a while. I saw it. I was like, ooh, Neon Rainbows. I know we're going to have an issue with both these girls in it. So yeah, Neon Rainbows. Yep. Hazy IPA. I thought it was appropriate. That is a definitely a hazy. That is uh, translucent. Light gets through it. It's mm -hmm. got a nice, lovely honey amber color to it. And it pours with a nice big old head. <laughs> Smells quite hoppy. Yeah, but in a nice but sweet. It's like a, a sweet hop. Yeah, it's in a nice refreshing juicy one. way. Yeah. Very nice juicy way. Yeah, that smells like very wet on the tongue kind of hops. It smells nice. It smells pleasant. It smells very kind of early summery in mm -hmm. a way, you know, when like spring's going and everything's it's getting that kind of aroma in the air. Yeah. No, it's it smells good. And as far as the taste goes, it's a mm. good IPA. It's not that. Yeah. It's not that strong. I'm not really getting the heavy hops on this at all, which is no. nice. Cl it clutches the tongue a little bit where it's just like, ha, no, I'm not going to do it to you. Uh. Ha, not going to do it to you. Where it's not like really puckering you up or grabbing you. Very, very foamy. Very fuzzy. The enchanting, vibrant, effervescent. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can go with that. Mm -hmm. It's got the juicy flavors. Just a little hop in there. Yeah. But no, I. this is nice and cool and refreshing. This would be another good one to have. On the porch, a good summertime. This would be a great 4th of July beer where you're hanging yeah. out with friends, having a barbecue, drinking these, just watching the day go by, getting excited about uh, watching the fireworks come up. Yeah, I can I can go with that. It's got those piney flavors. It's a nice, light, subtle IPA. I, I'm enjoying the flavor of it so far. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I like it. I enjoy it. I think that it fits our theme for the issue with having a couple of rainbows. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't really see any rainbows in the glass, but I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be enjoyable. And I think it's going to move us into the next section, which is the book itself and the opening credits, if you please. Runaways, issue number five, August 2005. True Believers, chapter five. Credits, writer, Brian K. Vaughn, penciler, Adrian Alfona, inker, Craig Jung, letterer, VCs, Randy Gentile, colorist, Christina Strain, production, Jacob Chabot, associate editor, Mackenzie Cadenhead, editor, C.B. Sobolski, editor-in-chief, Joe Casada, publisher, Dan Buckley. Featuring the runaways, Nico Minoru, Carolina Dean, Molly Hayes, Chase Stein, Gertrude York's and Old Lace, guest starring Excelsior, Lightspeed, Darkhawk, Green Goblin, Ricochet, Turbo, Chamber, and Victor Mancha. Potential future super killer. I just want to start this off by saying Dr. Doom is a jerk. Shh, dude, 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 dude. Keep it down. You may be right, but do you know what that guy could do to you? And more importantly to me for hearing you say that. Well, according to this opening page, he can have relations with a random woman who once visited his little kingdom like 18 years ago, punch said woman that he has recently kidnapped, and insult her while doing it. I am sure that he can do more than that, like do all of this while on the phone with his formerly hidden from him son. So, like I previously said, Dr. Iron Undies is a jerk. Okay, well the group of teens who have run away from home are happy. Big question mark on that, my friend. 
to have found out that the big doom is Vic's big daddy. Victor is not happy, but he is hot and heavy to go and save his mommy, and he really, really needs his kidnapper's help. Well, he better get to apologizing for threatening to blow up Gert's head with a TV remote, because if he does that, I am pretty sure that this group would not mind beating up a supervillain. Speaking of beating people up, what about the other group of people that like to fight, or not like to fight, but that fight now to not fight any more in the future? What about them? Well, they are trying to untangle that and are also meeting up at a warehouse set up by their mysterious benefactor. This mysterious person is flying out to meet them, but he is giving them some mysterious equipment to help with their mysterious search. And to compensate for Darkhawk, who is sitting this mysterious mission out, to compensate for fighting with most every member of his not-mysterious team earlier. Well, at least we have a new worst character in this book, so that's cool. Are they mysterious? Uh, if it gets you to be quiet, yeah, they are. What else is cool is their new ride. Sitting in their warehouse... Sitting in this warehouse is a sporty little flying vehicle. And even better, it is designed to operate with the same controls as the Goblin Glider, so Phil can participate, like a real boy. I would like to take a pause for a moment and let you know that I am really disappointed in my life. I grew up. I did my chores. I ate my vegetables. I folded my clothes. I went to school. I played with experimental radioactive objects whenever could. And I got bit by a bunch of bugs. And yet no one has ever given me a cool super suit or a flying ship. Huh. Man, life sucks. Hang on a minute there. Let us think about this with some of our patented power pack logic. Julie thinks that this ship looks creepy, not cool like her best friend Friday, while Chamber is really wondering why they are accepting candy from a stranger. Well, that candy is shaped like cold hard cash and a fancy flying vehicle, so gobble gobble gobble. Also, this not team named Excelsior is a charitable organization, a 501c if you will, that has always depended on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> okay, that's great, Blanche. And according to Phil, the guy who used to be, and I can't believe that I'm saying this, a Green Goblin, he knows that they are working with the good guys. Right. Well, meanwhile in the air... Home of the fighting younger team of heroes in a sci-fi ship. Vic is angry, but this is not the angry of a young man who has been lied to all of his life and has found out that he is the love child of a top-tier dictator after being kidnapped by some teenage runaways. We have all been there. No, we haven't. This is the angry of someone that wants to deal with the saving of his kidnapped mom from the baddest bad in the world by himself. Listen, Vic, this has been a tough day. And you have shown pretty good poise. But it's time to raise that tiny white flag of, I've had enough, and just surrender, man. Face it, kid. You are in a soap opera right now. And if I were you, I'd start looking around and making sure that you don't have any evil twins hanging out. The runaways have decided that they are going to help. Mainly because Vic said that he would not go to the authorities. And these kids have no authority whatsoever. Also, they know that Vic does not stand a chance alone. Okay, but... In his words, why should he trust his mom's life to the Teen Girl Squad? Chase, the Teen Girl Squad's water boy, takes offense, to the, takes offense to this. But the Teen Brigade does start to lay out some plans, which, let's face it, this is an improvement. Usually the plan that the runaways have is to show up, look snarky, act snarky, and they wait for a fist to fly. I think the new plan they have is to be sneaky, look snarky, wait for fists to fly. Nice! See? That's an improvement! Vic shuts down their plan, saying that he has a better one, as sparks start to fly out of his mouth. Later! Home of the fighting unconscious moms! Vic shows up at the cobblestone-floored warehouse. Well, hang on. Who installs cobblestones in a warehouse? Homicidal dictators with obscene amounts of money, power, and... Style. Okay, checks out. I'll allow it. Continue. Dr. Doom asks about this story he was told of Vic being kidnapped. If this is why he is late, where are his captors? Oh, he's taking care of them. Knocked out their craft and them so that they could have this nice family reunion. And with that, Vic kneels in front of his father. Flattery gets you everywhere with Doom. 
And it continues with Vic telling Doom that he always knew his mom was lying. He knew that he was destined for more than just simple vapor farming. Vapor farming? Vic was always given excuses about why he could not do more with his friends. Why he could not get power converters at Tachi stations. They were all excuses, like the lies about his father dying and who he really is. Hey, but uh, hold, hang on. Vic knows that this planet of sand is in the middle of nowhere, but he knew that he could be so much more. He is not surprised that his dad was not the famous pilot that died in a war. He has searched his feelings, and he knows that Doom is speaking the truth. Uh, okay, here it comes. Yes, Vic knows that Vader is his father. <laughs> okay, Rick, you finished now? I guess so. Did it work? Was Doom distracted enough? Almost. Maybe if Victor had added more of the Skywalk story to his yarn, like how he used to target Womprats in his T-130, then maybe Doom wouldn't have noticed someone invisible over by Vic's mom trying to get her free. Krakow! Hey, look! It is a now visible and now knocked out Nico! Oh, if she was invisible and conscious, and now is knocked out... Then that means the jig is up, and the rest of the runaways are visible too. What is the meaning of this treachery? <laughs> really, dude? Have you never seen a prisoner break before? Like we said, sneaky, snarky, inevitable punchy. The runaway's way. And then fighting happens, starting with Old Lace attacking the good doctor. And quickly ending with Doom taking out the dino, which has some real negative impacts on Gert, the dino's soulmate. Vic unleashes his electroblast on Doom, which does nothing but make him laugh and grab Vic by the throat. Molly punches Doom. Chrome. Ouch! Which causes Doom to grab her by the throat, too. He's going to need more hands if he's going to keep doing that to people. Carolina, who has untied Vic's mom, unleashes a blast of her energy at the villain, who uses Molly to block the attack. Then he throws Molly at Carolina, taking them both out of the fight. I do not like to cheer on villains, but it is hard not to when they are this good. Well, that seems to be everyone on the teen team taken to Trauma Town. Nope, we still got Chase! who seems to have ripped out one of the frog's lasers. You mean one of those weapons that is hooked up to the frog's power source and which could not possibly work without any power source? One of those lasers? See, you put that together quicker than our special special boy Chase has, who is busy wondering why the laser isn't making the zap-zap noises he likes. You may think Chase is dense, and, well, let's face it, you would be right, but he does see an opportunity as Doom drops Vic to advance on him. Chase tosses the weapon to Vic, who energizes it up and blasts a plot-sized hole into Doctor Doom. Zapped. Well, this is hardcore and awesome. It becomes apparent very quickly that this is not the real Doom, but a Doombot. A mechanical robot Doom routinely uses when there is a chance, a chance he could be killed, or bored, or audited. He mostly uses them when he would be bored. Of course, it's a Doombot. It's always a Doombot. But that is not the only surprise. Astounding. I anticipated your defeat of Doom, yet I was 99% certain you would be unable to damage him badly enough to uncover that he was one of my androids. Truly, you are my greatest creation. Wait, is that? Could it be? James Spader? First, I do not need your scorn for my failure to do any voices well. And second, no, that is Ultron, the metal villain in all of his indestructible glory. To quote Chase, who the heck is Ultron? <laughs> Google it, dude. It is story time. Right. Well, Vic's mom has run between the teens and the walking evil toaster, pleading with the monster, telling him that she did everything he asked, hiding Vic's true lineage, everything, everything possible. Unfortunately for Vic's mom, Ultron does not give two washers on a screw about this, and he has determined that she is a failure, and the only thing to do with failures is to burn them in the most horrific fires of inevitability as possible. Vic is upset. Well, duh! Horrific fires of inevitability! Vic then ineffectively opens fire on the indestructible evil mom-killing robot to no avail. And then we get the inevitable monologue from the Metal Man who informs everyone what has transpired. Vic's mom was a degenerate criminal that Ultron used for Vic, his simulacrum. She was just, quote, genetic stock for your glorious technological future, unquote. Gross. 
And intriguing. Unfortunately, this has all been revealed too early. And Ultron had big plans. And he is going to have to erase Vic's memories after Vic kills his little friends. Hand break up and two feet on the horizontal pedal. Say what? Oh yeah, uh, Ultron just flipped the internal switch on the Vic robot to evil. That is going to void the warranty. Next issue, True Believers, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I can count. I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of you. You did as Thank good you. a job as my four-year-old daughter. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. I'm going to count again. One, two, three, four, five. Because five is the number it says on the cover of this issue. Because we are in the themes of this issue. And we're going to mm -hmm. talk about the cover credits. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. This was drawn by Joe Chen, who has drawn all of them so far. And on this one, we have, once again, the very artistic stylings of Molly and Carolina. And Carolina's floating behind... Caroline is not glowing in her usual rainbow colors. She's got a kind of luminescence about her, but she's not glowing like she normally does. But we have Molly's eyes that are glowing. It looks like a little bit more grown up. It's just a slightly more grown up Molly. It's just, once again, demonstrating the characters. Uh, nothing really special or exciting. I think it's really good looking cover. I think it's Joe Chen does some pretty cool stuff. I don't, I don't have too much to say about this. What do you think? No, I like it. It is a great looking cover. If I didn't know who was in this comic, I would have no idea who these characters are, though. <laughs> Molly doesn't really look anything like Molly. This looks like it's a future thing where Molly's packed on another seven years or something. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like, oh, she's got the pink glowing eyes. And, okay, I guess that's Molly. She's not wearing her hat or anything. And it it's an attractive girl flying in the background. It's Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really, really good. It's great. But it is meaningless for the story, and it is just, it's a pretty picture of some pretty people is all that really boils down to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, I, I agree. It took me a little while to really peg that this was Molly, too, until I finally realized, hey, glowing eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of thinking, I was like, is this supposed to be Caroline and maybe Julie? But then I was like, no, that, oh, glowing eyes, glowing eyes. So that's Molly. Also, Molly's mm -hmm. not wearing her normal hat. That's the other thing, too. Yeah. She's known for the hats, and she's got this long, wavy hair. So, And, and she looks like a teenage girl. She doesn't look like a yeah, kid. Yeah, like I said, just a little bit older. You know, not totally, but uh, yeah, just a little bit. It's, it's a good cover. It's not bad. It's not bad. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say on this at all? No, or? I like it. Again, the covers on these are glorious. They're beautiful. They look so nice. They're very... Very almost photorealistic. The the people look great. It's just it's it's a it's the glory picture of some cast members is all it really boils down to is what he's been doing on this so far. It doesn't have anything to do with the story so much as just kind of like, hey, here's a couple of people in the book and don't they look good? Don't they just look good? These are pretty people and they look really good. And that's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah. It's not too shabby. So let's no. talk a little bit about what's in the book. First of all. We spent a good chunk of last episode talking about how awesome it was that this is Doom's kid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, 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 he. No, I wasn't going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was great. It was uh, like, okay, it's a Doom kid. And it's not. And that's a surprise. Yeah. Because this is a twist on a twist that, okay, he's he's an Ultron kid. Okay, he's, he's going to be a Synthesoid. That's that's fine. That's great. But Ultron popping in as the big reveal immediately after the, his replicant doom bot gets destroyed to go like, ah, you figured out that it was a robot. You didn't know, you knew that it wasn't doom now. Fine. I have to reveal my grand plans. It's like, no, you don't No, anybody, me, me with my limited knowledge on things would be like, Oh, they blew it up. It didn't have guts inside. It had wires. Yeah. It was a doom bot. Of course it was a Doom bot. It's always a Doom bot. I think I was having the same problem too. And the only thing I can think of is there's another layer that you have to think about. Not only was the Doom bot destroyed and Doom bot didn't like take care of everything and like sort things out. Because the Doom bot was destroyed, the Doom bot could no longer control Vic's mom. And so there was a worry there on Ultron's part that she's going to spill the beans. He knows he's got powers. He thinks that Doom's his parent. I don't know if you know, she's going to be able to control this anymore. I don't know if she's going to break down and spill the beans that this is what's really that going on. it's not Doom at all. Yeah. That it was actually, oh, no, it wasn't Doom. It's Mom. How, when did we were in Latveria and how mm -hmm. was Doom my dad? Oh, uh, it's not. He, it's a robot man. Because yeah, she wasn't it's... even supposed to call Doom. I mean. The, right. So there's there's like certain barriers in place for Ultron to make sure that this is going to continue on. Yeah. Oh, you killed the Doombot. Well. That was my one Doombot I had planned for this. So he's gone. I can't just send more Doombots because 
that's proprietary yeah. technology, and you know, Doom's gonna really be angry at me, and I don't want that to happen. Nobody wants that. Yeah, to but happen. Ultron could always it could make another Doom. I'm model. making it, it up here, okay? Okay, yeah, I know. We're uh, it's just the everybody in Marvel I, Universe I, 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 is afraid I, I, of Doctor Doom. Ultron's yes, yeah. afraid of Doctor Doom. That's the way it goes. My that head works. cannon. Yeah, and I apologize for not yes anding you. That's right. Uh, <laughs> So, yes, and he had no more Doombots, so he had to do his big reveal. Right. I think it would have been interesting, if uh, though, if they were just like, it was a robot, and then they were like, oh, it's a Doombot, and Chase could have been like, a what bot? Then <laughs> they could have explained that to him. That's true. And then it could have ended where the issue could have been one of these things where it's just like, Victor's mom was going to be like, oh, it's actually not Doom at all, it was Blast. <laughs> and, then, and then it would just be like, oh, continued next issue kind of thing. It would have been neat. It wasn't Doombot, it wasn't Doom at all, it was Stiltman. Huh? <laughs> well, I've decided to take my own life at this point. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, at, which, at which point Victor goes, oh man, <laughs> and, and the threat of him in the future goes away forever. He walks away down the road like you know, like a Bruce Banner in the, yeah. in the TV da, show. Da, da, da. So, da, 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 da. <laughs> but no, we have Ultron. Yep. Now we can sit here and say, all right, you were right. It's not sorcery involved in here that's giving him his powers. It's that he is... The reason he sparks from his mouth is like he's one of those old toys from the 70s. that Oh, had the, like, with the spinner flints. The, the spinner flints with the, like, the spark that comes out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, those are great. That's what he keeps reminding me of. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because he's a robot. <laughs> yeah, he's a robot. He's a synthesoid. He's one of uh, Ultron's creations. Weird design on this Ultron, too, by the way. I'm not super digging it. But. Um, I've seen it before. Really? Okay. Yeah, 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 I've seen it before. I don't think it was just from this. I think this was kind of one of the designs that was going on at this point in time. Uh, it's not... There are some similarities that you can see. Uh, a few similarities, I would say, that you can make to the James Spader Ultron from Avengers 2. Roughly, okay. It's there. I mean, it's it's mostly the head that's the big thing. Well, Ultron has Ultron's head. Yeah. Is what a, but it's, it's always I, I mean, it's not bad. I don't know. It freaked me out. It's a scary robot. Okay. <laughs> right, it's, yeah, it's a scary robot. It's just, it's not the, uh, and I can't say the classic Ultron robot body because he's had a variety from flying, you know, his pumpkin head mm -hmm. drones flying around to tracked versions of himself and all sorts of things so yeah he's he's got a ton of different types of bodies so this was just off kilter enough it was like turbo's new armor you know her new co costume mm -hmm. where it's like yeah that works but that's that's not quite what i want is all that it really boiled down to so but it's ultron we've got an ultron yeah i did not know this this was a surprise yeah. Ultron's got many different kinds of armors, including uh, one that makes him look like a Santa Claus. Look that story up. Yes, Virginia, uh, <laughs> there really is an Ultron Santa Claus or something like that. It's it's a great Christmas story, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways. We'll have to check that out. So this makes sense for some of the other things we saw early on with Victor. His school in East L.A., they were going to start mm -hmm. putting in metal detectors. And his mom was freaking out, and she wanted him out of the school. Mm -hmm. Aha. <laughs> we now know why. Hmm. His body is metal. Hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Didn't even think that. Yeah. Didn't even put that together. There's a lot of <laughs> things that all of a sudden start to make a lot more sense with, okay, you know, he can do this. Maybe the power, you know, some of the powers are maybe a little bit of a stretch, you know, him kind of doing Magneto-type power of making the bleachers a big hand. Okay, we got to figure that out, but whatever. He made this creature... He's got plans, he's got lots of plans, and he's got to move them in motion a little bit differently now because these runaways get involved. So, let's talk about mm -hmm. the runaways. Their plan was distraction and invisibility. Yeah, it was. Uh, they had a couple of different distraction plans in place, which was great. They actually had some plans. Her turning everybody invisible, and then untying yep. Mommy, and sneak her out of there. Yep. This was never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> this would never have worked. <laughs> Doom is much more cognizant of things than that, and it's just a bad idea. I'm like, there is probably a lot better ideas than to try to sneak out the person in the middle of an empty room mm -hmm. <laughs> who's tied to a chair. They should have grabbed her tied to the chair and flown out fast. Yeah, I think the better idea yeah. would have been just Carolina picking her up yep. and flying her in the chair out. Yeah, exactly. While That's invisible. What I meant. Yeah. While yep. invisible. Yeah. Done. Just done, done, done. pick it up and go. Yeah, yep. you don't need to untie the mom because now the mom is visible but untied. Now she can go yeah. running, oh, run, and then get shot as yeah. opposed to, yeah, it was a, uh, 
there were nuances to their plans that needed to be uh, to finalized. But they came up with a better plan than what they normally have, which is... Showing up looking snarky and punching people. Go, go in aggressively, be snarky, and then be super surprised when the punching starts. Well, yeah, yeah. They're a bit, bit on the aggression side, I guess you might mm-hmm. say. I, I, they're trying to do something better. They're trying to have plans. Yeah. It's still, they're, they're kind of all standing in a nice line there behind going, oops, our invisibility spell is gone. Oh, darn. And right here, we're sitting ducks. So Yeah, and we, we were doing nothing to help the situation, but no. we were sure standing here. Yeah. I did like Molly during that time, though. She's like, oh, no, we're not indivisible anymore. <laughs> She's she's missing out on some serious schooling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's and that. I also feel sorry for her because she finally hit something that she couldn't move with one punch. Yeah, it actually hurt her hand when she punched Doom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was impressive. The Runaways and, and everybody else doesn't really have too much to do in this book. Not really. Uh, it, it's kind of exposition going to a certain point. But this is, if not, nobody else, this is a Vic book. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's a Vic it's, book. It's about him. It's about yep. his running away from his parent, I guess we're going to see here. Or, well, running, too, because now his parent's controlling him. But mm-hmm. Oh, those controlling parents. Yeah. Mm. The, those literal helicopter parents. <laughs> just just because this Doom or this Ultron might be made out of helicopter parts is not... Mm-hmm. It, it's still feelings, Jeff. Feelings. Yeah. So Vic is trusting the runaways more and more these days. I mean, it, it makes sense. He's had weeks to be with them and to hang with them and and to get to know them better and so i can understand it's been like that overnight it's not weeks it's not even overnight we are talking no, the course of he was at it's like six it was hours at the end of, if that he was at school left school they flew across town they've been in a couple of fights this is i don't think it's even maybe 10 o'clock yet <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I think I'm I'm willing to say that he got picked up at about four o'clock because sure. I'm like oh when the high school gets out and everybody was kind of after school hanging out doing football practice stuff like that and then to now yep. which does seem like about ten ten Th- this at night. is this is hanging with somebody you you've been you knew at school for a while go over to their house and hang out eat dinner with the family and then the parents take you home that amount yep. of time yeah and it wasn't that he knew these people beforehand he was kidnapped by them. <laughs> Yeah, he was kidnapped by them and then harangued by them repetitively. This is the fastest Stockholm Syndrome that has ever happened. Oh, big time. But yeah. But no, he trusts them and they are his new bestest friends. Not like that other guy that he used to hang out with all the time. Yeah, what's his face? (laughs) Yeah, you know, old what's his face. Well, uh, he needs super powered people in his life at this moment of time to uh, help with his potentially powered parents. So, yeah. And his own potentially powered self. Yes. There's a lot going on. So I think, I don't think he's making the best choice in friends, but (laughs) I think he's making the only choices that he can to try and get to where he needs to go. Well, it could be worse. He could be friends with Excelsior. Oh my goodness. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of making interesting choices, we, we are all in the pot just just pot heavy on this bet that they were making with this mysterious benefactor. We're going to take his money. We're going to do his things. We have sworn off being a superheroes, but oh, now we've got our own ride. Yes. Yeah. Called the Excel for the Excelsior team. Here is the funniest part about that is I think it was Chamber who was like, why are we taking candy from a potentially dangerous stranger? Yep. Why, why are we even still on board with this? And Turbo pops in with like, hey, we are not a superhero team. We're a nonprofit agency. And do you think like the Red Cross looks into all of their donors' backgrounds so when they take money? Jeff, no. They, they <laughs> here's the deal. No, they might not. But then the Red Cross doesn't do a job for that mysterious donor. <laughs> if I give a hundred thousand dollars to I don't know the Salvation Army, it's not with the with the string attached of like. Now I need you to go across town and pull somebody out of this building. Well, I need you to go find this building full of people and I need second. you to lock them down. Hang on a second. That's what my donation goes hang for. Hang on a second. We're talking about the Salvation Army here. Army is in their name. So, yes. I mean, we need to think this through. I think that secretly you can go in there and uh, not unlike the A-Team, hire them to do black ops for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I want this drug lord taken out, Salvation uh, Army. How much hang is this going to cost on, me? Hang on, hang on. Let's not talk drug lord. 
guard here. Let's, okay. let's go down a couple pegs. But I think you can still use them as an army to, you know, take care of that neighbor who plays rock music all night long. I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's, that's the level I'm going for here. <laughs> this happened to a friend of mine recently where he got woken up at 5 in the morning because his neighbor paired his phone to his Bluetooth speaker in his garage. It's like, I need you to go to my neighbor's house <laughs> and unpair my Bluetooth speakers in my home from his phone. Here's $100,000. <laughs> All right. And if you can find them, maybe the Salvation Army will help you. We are way off base at the moment. Yeah, we're, we're out there. We are we're out the there. Fields. So let's we're bring it. Let's bring it back in and look at one of the characters in this team of Runaways, and we are finally up to one of the people who we are dedicating our beer to on this issue, and that is Carolina Dean. She was briefly known as Lucy in the Sky, uh, or LSD, which, okay. <laughs> they chose really silly names when they first started out, but that's okay. She grew up thinking she was just a normal blonde California girl and took off this bracelet that her parents always told her to keep on because it, you know, medical bracelet and stuff. And she took it off and realized, hey, I am a being of pure light because my parents are aliens and they never told me and they're also evil. That's her power. She can fly, she can shoot these pretty lights and lasers and she is a alien from the world of Magistanian. m-a-j-e-s-d-a-n-a-n-i-a-n so they are an alien race that absorbs solar energies and re-radiates it in the form of the colors of the rainbow now there's some things that are still going to happen with this character that i'm gonna hang off on because you know we're gonna get to them but she's an interesting character and she's got very interesting character arcs that go through this entire story and she's another character who goes through a lot of different love interests on the course of her short history in the marvel universe at, to this point in time she really hasn't gone and been with many other teams she's appeared in a couple other books mostly tied still with the runaways either going and looking for other members of their team in avengers arena being picked up as an alien in sword she really is seen as more of a runaways character and just hasn't really escaped too much from the book itself and the variations of the book but i like her as a character and i kind of wish they did use her more in different areas i think that she could be a fun addition to the team mostly because she is one of the quieter members she is definitely a follower she's not as strong-willed as gert or nico or chase she is not as you know punch forward as molly is so i think that she's an interesting character because she kind of exists in that softer space and yet still could be seen as a formidable character. What have you thought about her so far? Yeah, they could do a good mini run with her or something, because I honestly have no familiarity with this character. I've seen her in nothing other than these comics. To, to my knowledge, she may have popped up in a background sometime. Yeah. I know she's been referenced by a lot of people, you know, outside of comics, you know, just like, oh, Carolina, da 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 yeah. you know, So I'm like, I know the name that way, but... I, I've never seen her in anything. And she could be an interesting character that could be developed. Yes. I, I think she definitely, definitely could be. But, you know, it'd be nice to see if we could actually see more of her. Like the rest of the characters in the runways, in the TV show, she is a character in there. She's played by Virginia Gardner. Kind of a, a cool retelling of, of her past. Uh, that one, she's half human, half gibberim. And we aren't going to get into exactly what the gibberims <laughs> are. But I know them. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a good character. I like to see her used more, and I'm going to enjoy talking a bit more about her as we continue a little bit on with our run of comics, because she is going to come back a few more times. We are going to be talking about her a few more times in relation to somebody else. I'm trying to keep it a little on the down low for those of you who are following along with us and who have never read any of these comics before and don't know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But... We are not going to lie to you as we go through our final thoughts. We'd like to give them to you straight from our hearts. Our hearts through the mic to your ears. That's how we roll, folks. That's how we roll. And we start our final thoughts always with our gallery of greatness. What piece of artwork do we need to pin to the walls of that giant space where we park our frog? Let's go ahead and start with some uh, joke ones. Uh, I'd like to start with a joke one, if you don't mind. Okay, and, please do. And this is the one where Excelsior has 
just opened up the warehouse. They're inside the warehouse. They're looking at this nice, pretty ship, or well, kind of odd looking ship, but they're looking at the ship and they find out that it's set to Green Goblin's glider controls and Phil is rubbing his hands up and down the ship just yeah. saying, believe me, we're working for the good guys. And I looked at this and said, hey, do you need a moment, Phil? Yeah. Because you're looking a little got, creepy there, buddy. He's got his tech <laughs> creepy on. Yeah, he's, yeah it, it does not look like a comfortable ship either. No. It does not look like a ship that would be designed for a team to be in in any kind of comfort. No, it, it's it's... Yeah, it's very no, narrow. it's 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 a really oddly shaped ship. I, I can't. We're gonna have to see how it looks when it's you know actually in action. But his his stroking of the ship is very odd. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have for your jokes? My joke backup one is on page eight, and I call it Dino Breath. <laughs> and this is uh when Vic is like kind of asking for the runaway's help and everything and he's except he's like old lace perpetually has her dinosaur face in Vic's face like you know kind of like the intimidation thing but Vic's over the dinosaur at this stage so much that he's just like got his hand on old lace's snout and is just like pushing it away like you would to like a, a dog that wants your french fries I don't think that's aggressive I think that old lace is just interested oh okay because if Old Lace wants to be aggressive. Old Lace can be oh, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, old Lace I think is it dinosaur. is more yeah. of the, di the the dog just bumping your arm. Hey, okay. hey, hey. Old Lace accepts Vic. Maybe yeah. even okay. more than anybody else. Okay. It can be totally on that, but it's just hilarious yeah. to me that Vic is just over the meat-eating dinosaurs, you know, being inches from his face. And he's just like, look, not now. Look, yeah, we'll play ball later. The just entire time <laughs> he's got his hand on that snout. Just like, just, just. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Well, speaking... Yeah, it's like, look, I'm touching you. I'm paying attention to you, but I've got to talk to other humans now for a minute. Just back it up. Yeah. Well, speaking of Old Lace, let's go ahead and move forward to the beginning of the fight with Dr. Doom. And this is at the bottom of the page where Gert sends Old Lace to attack. Mm -hmm. And you just take a look at this. And the way that the picture looks, it looks like... Old Lace is about ready for sleepy time because yeah. the eyes are drawn just like little slits. It's not like angry slits. It looks like I'm a little tired. I need to take yeah. a nap. And so it's just Old Lace feeding like time. Me earlier today. Yeah, Gert says Old Lace feeding time and Old Lace is saying, no, it's sleepy time. Yeah, yeah, feeding time. Okay. I maybe have a dinner after I get a little. I just got to sit down for a second. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> what about you? What do you got? My. Top joke one is on page 19, and I call it Dead Daddy Doombot. <laughs> and this is after Chase has tossed Vic the laser and said, uh, Energizer Bunny that up. Yeah. <laughs> Vic is like, hey, this laser has two settings, stun and kill, and guess what this is? And, you know, boom, shoots a hole through the Doombot. Yeah, you see tatters of the cape, of Doom's cape flying out yep. behind him. And, you know, you should be seeing, like, guts or, like, a cauterized room or Vaporized. something. Nope, nope, nothing. It's just just big green laser coming through everything. That's Rah. just a heck of a thing. That's your first meeting with your dad, and you're like, hmm, I should probably shoot this guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it happens. It happens. Yep. Speaking of meetings with daddy, let's talk about mm -hmm. our good art. And my backup good art, turn to the last page. Oh. It, it is Vic and his daddy, his real daddy, Ultron. And Vic's mm -hmm. sitting there with power, this red power coming off his hands. Yeah, not blue, but red. Red. Yeah. And the Ultron's behind him. Just It's a creepy looking picture. Creepy looking it picture. Is. It, this, is, this is my top art. This is my top one. I call it daddy issues. <laughs> nice, nice. Got anything else to say about that one? No, it's just glorious because Ultron looks huge and menacing and everything we've seen about Vic up to this point looks like it's been erased as it's just red robotic speech bubble, red glowing eyes, red glowing electrical flames coming out of his hands and it's as you wish, father. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's like, wow, that's got some menace to it. That is really good looking. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I do really like the fact that they switched his energy powers from blue to red. Well, yeah. To, to really show. Because the glowing red eyes is always the classic. Oh, this boy's been mind controlled. <laughs> oh, he's so. been. This, this, this doll's been switched to evil. Yep. <laughs> All right. Tell us what your backup is. My backup one is a couple of pages before that on 23. Yeah, this is my top one. 
Hey, we flippy floppied. I called it burn, baby, burn. And this is when Ultron has decided to execute command mom. I call this one crispy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's it is horrific. It is horrific. It's this just red flame. You see the top of her head. You see the arms crossed and you just are left to imagine the worst that is happening here. Oh, she's being incinerated because there's nothing left of her afterwards. No, no. It is a pile of ash. Yes. And it's it's done very well, and it makes Ultron look just evil. Evil, evil, evil. Yeah, because it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, this is your mom. Well, not really. This is just biological matter that I used to raise you. Also, <laughs> well, I'm tired of it because of uh, its actions. Also, Torch. this isn't your mom. This is charcoal. <laughs> Yeah. Too soon. Stop, too, stop, too, grilling. Too yeah, soon. stop grilling with your mom. Stop grilling with your mom. <laughs> oh, boy. We are bad, hey, bad what's, people. I forget. What was your mom's name? Burkett? Ooh. Ooh. You know what? You know what, Jeff? That's a that's a really good burn. Burn. And you know what else are good burns? Rubber and glue moments. That's where we <laughs> talk about the best or most childish insult. And let me tell you, that was so bad. You are nothing more than an accursed urchin. Oh, and a that's cursed a good one. urchin, mm-hmm. and that is one of the yep. lines, one of the many lines that the Doombot yep. says to the it's kids. A, it's all about doom. It's all, it's going to be all about all doom about in this. Doom. All yeah. about doom. But a cursed urchin's that was my backup one. What do you have as a good one? My backup one is on page eighteen, and also doom. Chase had a good one where he called Nico a, a magician's assistant. Mm. But yeah, this is on page eighteen after Chase showed up with the disengaged laser and doom is great because he tells yes you remind me of another hot-headed arrogant young imbecile doom will enjoy dismembering you that was my top just, one that was my oh, top you one really like yeah hothead arrogant young imbecile i mean oh, who's he talking about who's doom talking about reed richards <laughs> wrong johnny storm <laughs> sue richards <laughs> sue richards ever-loving blue-eyed thing Ever-living, hot-headed thing. No, I, yeah. I had that as my top one. I mean, you got four good hits right there in, mm-hmm. in one line. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. What? What's your top one, then? My top is on page 14. And, hey, surprise, guess what? It's Doombot talking to uh, Old Lace, which is, You dare sully the gauntlet of doom with your putrid breath? Choke, you prehistoric pest. Yeah, mm, I like that. I just enjoyed I just enjoyed him uh, blasting a dinosaur in the throat and calling it a prehistoric pest. Putrid breath. Prehistoric yep. past. Yep. No. No. Yep. No. Uh, silly too. Or no. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's it's it, it's a lot there. It's a lot there. <laughs> it's all about doom. It's all about. Other doom. people said some stuff, but it's all about no. doom. Let's talk about popular and shunned. We need to identify the child who was the best and the worst in this issue. Let's talk about the worst. And I'm going to tell you right now, I had a problem choosing the worst. Okay. I had a little bit of problem choosing the best too. I get that. Everybody was very much in the middle. So who do you have for your worst? My worst, I'm going to say Phil Urich. Okay. All right. I can see it. Because everybody was really just kind of present mm-hmm. for the most part in this. Nobody really did anything good. Nobody really did anything bad. But Phil was just, oh, I'm on the phone with him. Yes, sir. We've gone to the, to the coordinates that you told us to go to. Oh, and wait, why would... A mysterious stranger know how the goblin goblin glider controls would work and and all this and it's given us a ship and everything and oh you know and then kind of gaslighting you know his not team by saying hey look I think me and Mickey with our journalistic backgrounds know know if we were being played or not we're definitely working for the good guys it's just like you don't know anything no. Phil you know nothing you are like Jon Snow you know nothing you know nothing Jon Snow exactly right. you know nothing Phil Urich it's just I'm gonna say him just due to the fact that he has he's raising no questions about this mysterious no. benefactor and he's just like oh this person wants us to go do this we should go do this oh I know that we're we're doing a support group for teens who feel traumatized about using their powers and being on teams so you should be on a team using your powers but we'll just say that you're not no i i'm with you on this one i can definitely agree i ended up going a different direction i chose gert interesting she was a little too pedantic when she was trying to do her well he didn't say he said doom said not to bring authorities but we're not i'm like "Ah, whatever yeah we're a bunch of delinquents and She's got one trick, one trick that she uses, and that's sending her dinosaur into combat. And this time, it almost got both of them killed. Yeah. So 
it's like you're supposed to be smart, Gert. You're supposed to you're the one who's the brains of the outfit with you and old lace. So what are you doing? You, you know, think about what you're doing. Be a little smarter than just always sending the dino in to get punched. She's got one play, yeah. man. Be, well, two. Be snarky, send dinosaur. Yeah, so I just, I wasn't too impressed with her this time. Okay. Let's talk about the best, and I ended up going with Vic. Even though he yeah, turns, even though he turns evil at the end, this is his book. He had a decent plan. He destroyed the Doombot. He accepted help. Yep. So he asked for he help. He asked for help and accepted the help. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of had to go with Vic. No, I was 100% on board. There was even the fact, too, where, you know, when, like, Chase was like, you better apologize for trying to kill Gert with that, you know, remote control. He's like, mm -hmm. and, and he's all, I would never hurt anyone. I would not hurt your girlfriend. I don't want to hurt anyone. I just want to get back to my family. I want to get with the people that I love. I want to take care of my mom, basically. And then he also kind of vetoed their plan. of like, oh, we can do this stuff. And he's like, actually, how about we do this? So he came up with the plans. He sold it really good with the Doombot. Mm -hmm. Him turning evil at the end, not his fault. Not he his fault. still has yet to do anything bad. So he has not done anything bad yet. He has just got glowy red eyes. Well, that's pretty bad. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I know. I've, I've had pink eye more than once. Trust me. I know how evil I get. It was a Vic show today. Yeah. It was all about Vic and what Vic was doing. So it kind of had to be him because he was doing stuff. He was the actual protagonist. I agree. I agree. I agree. Now let's see if we can agree on where this book fits in on our list of top grades, where we evaluate each issue of books that we have covered on our list, starting with Uncanny X-Men Volume 1, number 205, Wounded Wolf, Number two, the third issue of this series, where they first fight Excelsior and they fail big time, or when they fight with Excelsior who fails big time, followed by issue number four. That's where the kids are trying to figure out who Vic's daddy is. The first issue where we are told by a girl from the future to beware of Victor, and now we know why. And of course, issue number two, the bottom of our list right now, where the runaways hunt down Victor and discovers that he has got powers and we now know that they were given to him by Ultron. So where do we, where do you think this one fits in this list here so far? I don't know. It was an okay episode. Mm -hmm. It was an okay issue. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't the greatest. It kind of was. Yeah. So it's feeling very kind of middly. I think that I'd still like the big fight issue. The only big fight issue that we really had so far is the number three, where yeah. they fight with Excelsior. Yeah, still it's like, not as good as I that. I still like yeah. that one. Last issue where they were doing a lot of talking and going through figuring out who his dad was. Mm -hmm. That was a good issue. I think it's somewhere around here. I think it is. That's I'm kind of, I'm trying to decide if this is better yeah. or worse than that. Last issue was a walk and talk. Yeah. Is what it really was. It was a walk and talk. And this was mostly a walk and talk too with a bit of a fight in yeah. there, but the fight was I mean, it was great if you were doing it. You know, here, uh, here's the thing. I think that this is a little bit better because we not only got the the rest of the reveal that we got mm -hmm. from the first one with Doom, but we got the surprise other Yeah, we reveal. got the reveal reveal. Yeah, and we yeah. actually learned a lot more out here. I'm going to say that this should be the new number three. I'm for it. That sounds great. Okay. That means we should go ahead and move to our beer. So once again, this is Neon Rainbows by Om Gang Brewery. And uh, in honor of our... Two mm -hmm. rainbow flyers. What are you thinking about this IPA? I'm still enjoying it. It's uh, it's very pleasant. It's very mild. It's very, it's nice. It's crisp on the tongue. It's very summery, very ooh, snappy, mm -hmm. sunshiny kind of thing. I'm liking it quite a little bit. I'm gonna say this is an easy four for me. Yeah, I'm I'm in the three and a half four range myself. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna meet you on the four. I think that you're right on the four. I think this is one I would definitely have again. It's a great summer beer. Sit on the porch, enjoy it. You know, hang with your friends, talk about a comic book. If you if it's your thing, go fishing. Or if it's yeah. not your thing, hold on to a stick with a piece of string at the end with no hook. Yep. Whatever. Do you? <laughs> exactly. You just throw, <laughs> throw, 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 skip some stones, do some things. Just, just don't, hang just out. don't skip stones on the beach in Hawaii because you might hit a turtle. Well, yeah, you might hit a turtle or somebody snorkeling. And that leads us to the kid's perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his daughter about the book that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, please take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you doing today? Good, and you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm excited to talk to you about Runaways number five. I think you're excited to talk about it as well. And uh, I, I think you understand it a little bit more because between last time I recorded and this time, you asked to borrow 
Runaways Volume 1, and you read everything that came before this series that we're reading, right? Yeah, now I know who Alex was. <laughs> you know who Alex was? You've got a better understanding about the kids and how they got here? Yeah, and how kind of their origin story and how their parents, you know, died. Well. Yeah, they died. Yeah. Here's the thing. You actually know more about this than Jeff does. So you're smarter than Jeff. Huh. <laughs> so uh, th that all probably helped you understand a lot more of what's going on in this, right? Yes. Is there anything specifically that came up in this issue where they find out that it's not really Doom, but it's actually Ultron? I, I mean, what did you think about all of this? Well, at the end of the last book, they were like, oh, Victor's dad is Doom. Mm -hmm. And at the end of this book, Victor's dad is actually Ultron. You got a lot of questions coming out of this book, don't you? I think so. How did Ultron make this human android person? We don't find that out until the next book, but there's a lot of questions that come out of this, right? Also, I never really thought about like a robot married to a human? Well, I don't know if they were actually married. I think that the robot was using the human, using her DNA. But oh. we'll get into that the next one. But yeah, it, it does bring up a lot of weird questions, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Funny thing, though, there is an android that is married to a human in the Marvel Universe, and that's the Vision and Scarlet Witch. Oh, right. And the Vision also was made by Henry Pym and is kind of seen as a bit of a brother or precursor to Ultron. Mm-hmm. So it's, they're kind of connected. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff that's there, isn't there? Well, yeah. We'll get into talk a little bit more about that probably next issue, though, because it breaks it down a bit more. But what about this issue? What do you think about this one? I guess I liked it. I don't really like the look of the Excelsior ship, though. For some reason, I just don't like how it looks. You don't like the Excelsior ship. It's just doesn't look cool much it just looks it's kind of really fat with small wings yeah yeah it almost looks like a rock with wings or something okay well that's fine that you don't like the look of it that's perfectly fine phil was very happy to be back in and helping out by flying this right yeah they said it was like it was supposed to be like flying a bicycle for or um riding a bicycle for him because it was like his green goblin glider it, it was based on the same control patterns yeah i still can't get over a good green goblin yeah nobody really can it's okay don't worry about it okay <laughs> is there anything else interesting in this book that you liked um, what about the interactions with the runaways themselves how do you think they did in their plan to save Victor's mom? Well, it was doing good so far, except, well, maybe Dr. Doom shouldn't have turned around, and then maybe they would have freed the mom by then. Yeah, Dr. Doom, you can't sneak up on Dr. Doom. Which is very unfortunate. Yeah, but it's the reason why Dr. Doom is such a good villain, is that he is pretty impressive, and he's smart. And he has a lot of robots. Anything else you want to bring up in this comic? I find that Gert is, seems to be kind of... She always seems to be a bit easier for the villains. For the villains, because if they attack the dinosaur, it's like sympathy pain for her. I think this was one of the first times she realized that pain could be a feedback to her. And that if old lace is in danger, she's in danger as well. Do you agree with that? Yeah. It's a theory that's in there, and I think that they use it a few times, but... It kind of makes sense, because she is seem she is connected to it, isn't it? Isn't yeah. she? Yeah, she is. She is. It's something that she's got to learn. She can't just throw the dinosaur into danger without there being some repercussions. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Mm, not really. <laughs> okay, then. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. You're welcome. I love you. Love you, too. Aha! Shock, suspense, reveals, and a carry. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us again. We always appreciate it. Shout out time. We love to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. This is for our episode 100, where we covered Runaways, volume two, number two, True Believers, chapter two. And we heard from 
Al Sedano from Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. Charles Gears. Christian Conkle. Delvin the Dark Web Williams and Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht from the Longbox Crusade. Hoover Jeremiah and the Four Million Years Later Podcast. Jeremy Daw. Malifor Life. Max from the Weird War Pod. New Warriors Talk. Nicholas Prom from the Captain Freakout Psychedelic Radio Show. Sean from the Never Ending Reading Pile Podcast. Tim Price the Podcrasher from the Outcasters. And Waffles from Waffles and Mario talk about things. We also love to thank those wonderful people on our Patreon that give us some money to do this silly thing we call podcasting. You can always join and give us a few more bucks, just like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verrochi. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Polier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Todd Enoch. Way, way wordy and wobbly Waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. You sometimes can hear us on the MI6 Rogue Agent episodes of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, and you can always hear my lovely voice on the monthly Bundy Movie Muckabout Show on the Longbox Crusade Podcast Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of a Legends Moira McTaggart in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present our email address, Jeff and Rick present all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick present.wordpress.com. Also, we have a YouTube channel at Jeff and Rick present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com Jeff and Rick present all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the hero initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time. Costumes off. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is political action. All music is by Kevin McLeod at Competech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. All right, all right, all right. All right, that's a cold opening. I think if we could just turn the show into just that, I don't think anybody would notice. We could then go weekly. No. Just do a cold open nah. once a week and nah, then we, call it done. We, <laughs> Too we, much work? We, we fail on that. Chrome! Ooh, Brewery Omgang from Copper's Town. Kid, you gotta not. Honey. Can I smell it? Honey, it's, an, it's a can. It smells like condensation and nothing. It's a closed can. You'll get to smell it after I've opened it up, but I've got to do this part. And again, if you can't be quiet when you're down here while we're recording, you got to go upstairs with Mom, okay? Chrome. Well, he better get to apologizing for throwing it. Chrome. <laughs> He's a big boy now with this giant group glider. Chrome. Like we said, sneaky, snarky, invalidable. That's wrong. Invalidable. <laughs> Inevitable. Like Thanos is sitting down <laughs> on the job. Like we said, sneaky, snarky, and inevitable. Gosh, why can't inevitable. I do it? Inevitable. I am inevitable. I am inevitable. I am inedible. Inedible, punchy. Chrome. Is somebody just dropping a bunch of silverware down the stairs? That's Aurora playing with the Legos or Duplo blocks. Hey, Aurora. Honey, could you not be dumping the the uh, Duplos all over the place over and over again? It's kind of noisy. 
It's just really noisy and Rick can hear it. I was hoping that he couldn't. And again, we're <laughs> recording, so it's it's noisy. Okay, you can build stuff, but could you not cascade waterfall plastic pieces onto the hardwood floor? Okay, thank you, honey. Love you.